show is broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit studios in Royal Oak, Michigan. For more information about this show or our network, please visit www.podcastdetroit.com. It's the Undercard. Bringing you the best in hand combat coverage with feature interviews, major events, and the hottest ring girls from around the nation. The Undercard is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. And now, here they are, always in your corner, Brad, Marv, and Jimmy. That is so not true. It's Cody Stamen <laughs> as a host. I'm working you, on a you new You got intro. Brad and you got Jimmy uh, and Rochelle working the board. Uh, we got I'm a good show a for you. Um, this week, happening in Detroit, MMA fans, Dual Combat Sports is happening at the best venue in the state for anything hand combat. Soundboard. And I, I, I don't want to downplay it. I'm saying it because everybody always asks me, what the best venue is. It is hands down the best venue, the soundboard. So um, come out Friday. Come watch some good MMA. Uh, we're going to have John Chalback break down the card. John Chalback's also fighting. And Cody Stamen is currently training for his UFC <clears throat> fight uh, early in March. Uh, but he will be here, and I believe he's bringing people. So you have that on tap. Here, throw that down to his side. Of the also... Maybe I'll clean it up for him in a minute. Um, as we do, time to time, we will talk wrestling. Uh, since we've last been on, uh, the biggest name next to Conor McGregor in MMA history now has a new profession that she has to check off when she files her taxes next year. <clears throat> so we will talk about her making her appearance. That's going to happen about at the 820 mark. Or if you're listening on podcast, you're just going to have to figure it out. It's going to be towards the back of the show. But. We're going to start off by just talking some general topics. It's been a couple weeks. Jimmy uh, brought up the Super Bowl. That was actually yep. the, the first thing I did want to talk about. Um, I just All have All is right with the world. Oh, well, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> we got to talk your perspective. Okay. It, it, you were uh, – what would Jesus do is WWJD. So what, you, you were for anybody but Brady. So that would be A – but B Any, anybody but, but Brady. A B B B E B B B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. E B B B. Yes. Anybody or no A B B B. Anybody but Brady. I mean, I'm I'm correct, right? It could have been the LA Rams. Yeah, it could have been anybody. It could have been the and, Oakland Raiders. And there is video proof of Tom Brady and the refs and the NFL cheating <laughs> on the Super Bowl. There is video proof of uh play clock. It was down to 20 seconds. Tom Brady did a fist bump. The ref turned around, pointed at the clock. The clock went from 20 seconds to 25. Wow. Video proof. All right. I'm just saying. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, you you ready for something? Yeah, go crazy? ahead. I did not watch one minute of the Super Bowl. Yeah, I know, because you're not a football fan. Uh, I did watch the players come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we saw that. I did watch uh, two commercials. Did you watch Pink sing the national anthem? I yes. Did. Okay. She was sick, though, right? She had the flu, and that everybody was like, oh, my gosh, she spit her gum on the ground. No, she was taking a throat lozenge out because she was literally trying, like, into the very last second, have enough saliva to be able to sing. And she did phenomenally. I mean, one of the best renditions of the national anthem 
I've heard at a Super Bowl. It was concise. It was just, it was pitch perfect. And it was not, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, I hate that. I hate that. What was, was the perfect. time limit? Because people bet on that, like how long. The oh, I, I honestly have no was idea. It, did it seem like it ran long? No, it or seemed like it ran. The right pace? Yeah, like maybe five seconds over what would be normal. But that she maybe held a note a little bit longer once or twice. But beyond that, it was right on. And you said it was a good game. It was a very good game. It was a very, it was a, excuse me, it was a very exciting game. I mean, win or lose, draw, whatever, it was a very exciting game. And for, and if Tom Brady had not, had not gotten sacked and the, the Eagles stripped the ball from him and then recovered it, it would have been a whole different ball game. But he got hit. He got tagged. They knocked that ball out and then recovered it. And that was, that was the beginning of the end. He, he got stripped. He did. Naked. No, I. You know I what I'm know. saying. Uh, the football. It I was know. in the fourth quarter. I think it was like two minutes something left in the fourth. They were on the drive. If they had scored the touchdown, they would have won the game. And without a, without enough time for the Eagles to be able to to rally, but uh, yeah, they blitzed and they got in. And just as he was pulling back, he got the the football knocked out of his hand, and uh, one of the Eagles recovered it, and that was the beginning of the end. Now. I didn't watch the game, so my perspective is not the game. I did like the Tide commercial. I, I like anything. Yeah, it's funny. Tide pot. Yeah. I mean, because it gets you thinking. Like, they, they, they basically, it's banded it through the whole, like, everything's a Tide commercial. Yeah. It's clever. So, um, but I do think the Super Bowl is one of the biggest overblown pieces of shit things there is out there. I think, I, I think it, it really becomes a who cares kind of thing, you, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, I, 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 I was going to bet that the ratings would go down because mm-hmm. they were down yeah. since this concussion movie has yeah, come yeah. out. So, uh, mm-hmm. the official numbers were 103.4 million viewers. It's the smallest audience in nine years. Okay. Um, and, uh, I guess a couple questions I have for Jimmy because he watched it. Um, do you see anything? Because I wouldn't call you as I wouldn't call you a football fan. Do you see? I'm any, a Lions fan. Okay. Do you see anything that could make the Super Bowl better? B- better is a relative term. Okay. More would increase viewership. Um. I mean, everyone knows about the game. You can't walk no. into Myers and Kmart without seeing Pepsi no, stack I it mean, up. I mean, honestly, you said Kmart. <laughs> I mean, exactly. honestly, there's one left. Like, <laughs> no I mean, not really. I mean, everybody knows the Super Bowl. Everybody knows there's going to be that the commercials that air on the Super Bowl are the highest blown out, you know, billions and or millions of dollars for a thirty second. Add on the Super Bowl. So the commercial, I mean, honestly, most of the people watch the Super Bowl for the commercials or, and, and also anything like release. Like the first trailer for Han Solo Star Wars. Wasn't impressed with it though. I know. Well, no. The trailer. Oh, right. The one that they aired on the Super Bowl wasn't impressive. The one that they aired immediately after the Super Bowl, which was longer, I was, I, 
yeah, I, I like that one because that had a lot more dialogue. It had a lot more what was going on well, and kind of a little bit of the plot. And... You're, yeah, so you're more into the Star Wars canon. I think canon. I only saw the teaser then. Huh? You're more into the Star Wars canon, right? What do you mean? Like you, you know more about the books and the stuff than I do. I, yeah. I, I watch the movies, but I don't research it. Yeah. I, I, it looked like the storylines going that hand. So I know, I know we're jumping su- subjects, but we're going back to Super Bowl players. Yeah. He applied to the Empire. Yeah, he I, did. Not a fan of that. Well, already, no, that, already don't well, like no. the storyline. No, no, no. That was, that was my actually. Han Solo was always a rebel. No. In my mind. No, 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 no. I understand what you might be saying. But I'm saying I don't like that storyline. First time I ever heard that, and I don't even know if Rochelle knows. No, it, no, 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 no. That no. he was part of the Empire. I'm not. Cool. He wasn't a part of the Empire. That, applied to be. He applied to be a pilot. To, he, to be a pilot. He, yeah. He wanted to. Okay. You got to. You got to think about it this way. Okay. The Empire is the largest at the time, and at the time that it was Han Solo. The, yeah, the Empire was still, you know, whatever, but it was, it was like, apply, it'd be like applying for a job with the United States government, okay? It's the largest thing. It, it, you can't get a job, a legitimate job, without working for the Empire, right? So in, in canon, in Star Wars canon, Han Solo uh, joined the, uh, uh, to beca- become an Imperial pilot, and it was during that period of time when he went to uh, um, went to uh, a planet and found all these Wookies that were being enslaved. That basically he went, I know this is wrong. Like up until that point in time, he had no idea that the Empire was was something bad. It was just the governing body of the entire star of the entire galaxy. But when he saw what the Empire was about, that's when he flipped the switch rescue Chewbacca, which made Chewbacca have a life dot with him, and then the two of them became smugglers. That's Star Wars canon. Now, what they do in this movie, I don't think it's the same thing. It looks like it's a heist movie. But yeah, initially, he did apply to be an Imperial pilot because it was a job. He wanted to be a pilot. This was the easiest way to be a pilot. Luke Skywalker wanted to be an Imperial pilot. He wanted to join the Imperial Navy. Like, that's the first thing that he said was he wanted to join the Imperial Navy and become a pilot because that was the job. If you wanted to be a pilot and learn how to be a pilot, you joined the Imperial Navy to do it. What you did after that was completely, you know, a lot of people woke up and went, oh, wait, shit, this is bad. You know, I don't want to do this anymore. And they became rebels, became smugglers, became bounty hunters, whatever. But the Imperial Navy, the vast majority of your pilots, the vast majority of your fighters all started off as part of the Galactic Empire's uh, armed forces. And then when they realized how evil it was, that's when they left and joined the resistance, joined the rebellion, became a smuggler, became a bounty hunter or whatever. So it, it has nothing to do with ideology. It had to do with... That was the job that it was for everybody. And then later on, you know, morality kicked in and went, uh, I can't do this, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, favorite moment of the Super Bowl? Was it halftime show, commercials? Uh, I have to say the favorite moment of the halftime show or of the Super Bowl was during the halftime show when Justin Timberlake was singing and dancing, moving through the crowd, and there was this kid that was on his phone, and then he looked up, saw that Justin Timberlake was right next to him, and then, like, said something to him, and Justin Timberlake was singing, and he's like, 
Yeah, and he got down and he took a selfie with them. Like that was the highlight. Also also the highlight of the Super Bowl, the look on Tom Brady's face when he realized, shit, I've just lost. Yeah, but you know, there's consequences to that, Jimmy. The next day the stock market crashed. I mean, you know, people love Tom Brady. So I mean, you know, that's not why the stock market crashed. Okay. Well, I'm just saying there was consequences. I just you know, you're you're Dancing on people's graves. Uh, no, <laughs> because the stock market. No, no, I, I'm, I'm joking. I know. I'm just I'm saying totally the stock joking. market went up and then it went down. Hey, it's what the stock market does. Exactly. It has no bearing on any one person, Mr. Cheeto or Tom Brady or whoever. That's because we're all on the shallow end of the pool. No, it just the stock no, market true. has nothing to do with anybody. Oh. It has to do with prices and what's going on in the world and other things it has nothing to do with like a person no but that's what i'm saying we're in the, we're in the shallow end of the pool the people it affects are in the deep end of the pool hedge fund manager people that are are everyday invested in it do, do you know do you know what just happened like in the last what week or whatever oh yeah is they they lost 0 dollars cuz the stock market went up and went back down oh, and I they're exactly that. where they were beforehand I understand that, but I I do think that it's not as good of a barometer as jobs, unemployment. um, No, it's a shit barometer. Consumer. It's a shit barometer because it's all inflated and it's practically made – not made up, but it's practically made up. The price of the stock market is whatever the hell they want it to be Mm -hmm. and whatever they think whatever their trading is worth. It's all made up. It's all made up bullshit. Now – Speaking of made-up bullshit, because we're going back to Super Bowl, I don't know. I didn't check this. You are my – whether it's fake news or not. Mm-hmm. But did Budweiser really spend $5 million to to announce on a commercial for Super Bowl that they've donated $100,000 worth of water I, I don't to know. Her, hurricane release? I, I don't know if it was necessary. I mean I don't know the numbers because I don't know how much they donated. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, they had a Super Bowl commercial that basically just said, hey, look at all this – and it was basically the, – the way that the commercial was was that in times of, you know, whatever, we, you know, uh, we reach out or whatever and it, it shows them changing from the Budweiser beer to water and then handing it out to like the hurricane relief efforts. Now, I don't know how much it cost them to, to do that. The rumor was it was $5 million to announce that they donated yeah. 100 Well, yeah, because that's – that's crazy. Because that's PR. That's right. that's. I mean, it's bullshit PR. They could have spent that five million dollars to actually do something with it, but that is corporate privilege. The other thing I saw on the news was. Um, Hold on, did anybody ask what my favorite part of the Super Bowl was? We're going to get to you. Don't oh, worry. Right. Jimmy actually watched the games. We're talking front to back here. No, you weren't. But okay. I didn't watch the game either. I've I've readily admitted, and and I'm going to get to YouTube TV here in a second. And, and, and voice my freaking problem with them. But um, see, now you made me lose my thought. What was I just talking about? What was, was your favorite really commercial? Important. Oh, the other controversy was a company used Martin Luther King's uh, sermon, and that backfired. I don't remember that one. It might be for Nissan. I might have to Google it. I didn't see. I, I, I missed. Yeah, I mean, I missed some. You, but. Didn't, you didn't rate them and stuff. But that was the other one that was like they said, ah, not a good opportunity during Black yeah. History Month to do that, to sell a car or something. I think it was for yeah. Nissan or something. Um, Rochelle, what was your favorite part of the Super Bowl? Um, You're eating into the mic, by the way. Sorry. 
Um, no, I think that there was this guy who who did dance around and sang. JT. JT. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of cool. I, honestly, I'm a fan of JT. I I like him, but I didn't like his outfit. I didn't. I thought mm. I thought it was very bland. It wasn't. It was just him singing a medley of some of his greatest hits. That's what they do, though. That's what the halftime uh, shows are. I mean, and I thought what he did with uh, the Prince hologram, which I at at first when I when I was. When Brad told me that they were doing a hologram of Prince, I wasn't yeah. too excited about it, but I, I liked it. I'm 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 against it only for the fact that Prince has gone on record several times saying that he would never do a hologram with anybody because he finds it uh, demonic, and that after now that after he's dead, they turned around and did that to him. So yeah, they didn't do a ho- they just did like a video. Yeah, of but him. it's same video projection anything. Basically, what he was saying is anybody that was deceased, he would never because they were asking him about doing like a duet with a deceased, you know, whatever, like through projection or hologram or whatever. He said he would never do it because he found it demonic. So I thought that was kind of disrespectful to his memory that they went ahead and did that because, you know, they I mean, I'm sure they got permission from his estate from, you know, his survivors or whatever and threw a bunch of dollar signs in front of them. And they said, yeah, sure, go ahead. But, I mean, to me, that seemed a little disrespectful to somebody who had gone on record saying that he would never want to do that because he found it demonic. I'm going to go counterpoint against you there on, on that, Jimmy. I I, I think that I, – I totally agree. He said – he did say that. But, I, I mean, I, I just think they were trying to do a tribute to him. And I understand. I understand. And I, and, and and I get what they were trying to do. And Prince said a lot of crazy things. I, well, time, but – so it's like, but still, I mean, was it, what, you know, how many name changes did he have? Like, I mean, he might have been. Well, he was two. Prince, and then he was, was the, the artist symbol. formerly known as Prince, and the symbol. Symbol, yeah. Um, I think that you know maybe when he was saying that he didn't realize how important he was to people, and now I'm that not, he's not I'm here, not, I'm not. I'm just no, no. I understand. I'm what just you're saying. saying. I'm just saying, like. I get what they were trying to do, and it was a tribute, and I, I get that. But to me, it's like, eh, you know, if somebody has said that, then maybe leave it alone, you know, even if you want to do a tribute to him. I think it was more for the people. Who cares about the people? <laughs> Anyways, did you have any favorite commercials? Um, no, I didn't. My favorite commercial was probably um, – I don't. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I, I got excited when I saw Star Wars solo movie. Uh, I got. Uh, I chuckled at the Tide Pod commercial. Um, other than that, like there wasn't really anything. Oh, I was disappointed to find out that the Crocodile Dundee sequel was actually just a commercial for Australian Australia tur- tourism. Uh. Um. I was a little upset at that because I was really looking forward to that movie. Um, but yeah, beyond that, though, you know, it wasn't wasn't all that bad. Uh, I'm happy it's over. Football. Baseball is right around the corner. We Warmer have... temperatures. No, they're actually uh, – everything got shipped to spring training. So it's, 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 it's coming, baseball. Football, football can go. 17 days. Yeah. 
No, 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 no. Yeah, it's something like that. So, so I'm I'm just happy that that's over. So, to to well, okay. Now go ahead, keep keep talking, and then I want to segue into something. Oh, I was going to um. So the flu ran rampant through uh, my family, and um. Oh, you're. I wanted to segue into something that. Oh no no, it's still the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl. Okay. related. Okay. Uh, and so the concern was that all all this girl over here wanted was to see Justin Timberlake, mm-hmm. and uh, we weren't home, so it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> but YouTube, you, YouTube, YouTube TV. Advertise you could watch the yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, and YouTube TV sounds like cable. And I was like, this is kind of cool on my phone, right? Right. So I sign up for it. Guess what happens as soon as I sign up for it and they take their money? What? The yeah, Super Bowl was blocked from mobile devices. Like instantly went from like, I was excited this thing. Now I will back up really quick and we'll go back into your Super Bowl talk. Mm-hmm. YouTube TV is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm very happy with it, and I'm not gonna ever get rid of it. Mm-hmm. But what a let down, dude! Mm-hmm. When like you, when you do it, and then it wasn't there. Uh, Why the biggest you, event in the you world? Should've, you should have, uh, you should have uh, used uh, Amazon Prime. People were watching on Amazon Prime. I didn't. Uh, they didn't advertise it. It came yeah. up, you know. Uh, what else? What else were you gonna? Oh, play? I was gonna say. <laughs> so uh, this just. Kind of something I want to talk about. Something I've never actually understood, and and maybe you can you can answer the uh, the this question for me. But why do why do fans why do people of a team who wins a sporting event then proceed to destroy their city? And I mean destroy. Their city. The riots that broke out in Philadelphia were worse than some of the riots when people were protesting actual social injustice. Yep. I mean, it was insane the, what they did in Philadelphia. What? Maybe, maybe you can answer it. I don't. I don't get it. Alcohol does nobody good. But but you cannot say that there were tens of thousands of people who were all that drunk. No. I mean, there had to be sober people in the riots. So why? The, the why psy- would you do that? The psychology behind it is it's mob mentality. In, in big groups, people do do stuff, and it just takes one person, and then all of a sudden, every car is getting flipped. And so, like you know, it, it takes a couple bad seeds that that do it. Um, I don't remember 1984 as well as I'd like to, but when the Tigers won the World Series, the uh, huge riots. Uh, it, it happens in every town, um, because of what's going on in. Doesn't Michigan. happen in Ann Arbor when Michigan wins, right? But in Michigan State, but Michigan State used to burn couches. It doesn't. The, but, the old joke was talk- our van would run an ad after Michigan State would win. I something know, but because people needed couches, right? Again. Exactly, because people that are fans of Michigan State are uh, in Brad Hicks, and uh, you know. I like how you get that interview before Cody the Spartan comes in here, and he's gonna, he's gonna. Uh, oh, and I'll say it to Cody's face. See, I, you know. Oh well, there you go. Um, I like Cody. He can knock me out, but I'll still say it to his face. I do want to say this about Michigan State really quick. <laughs> um, obviously, everybody knows what what happened in Michigan State with Nasser. Yeah. Um, oh, 
Oh, which, okay, I'm sorry, but there's something I want to say about that while we're on the subject. I'm going to speak from a U of M perspective because I can. So here we go. Um, I, I, I've never been a guy that likes Michigan State, and I've never been a guy that uh, has, has ever even maybe paid Michigan State a compliment. I don't hate them like Ohio State. But I would hope – that the University of Michigan and anybody else that I respect um, can learn from what happened at Michigan State and immediately are doing a vetting process to make sure that it's never happened at our school. And not only that it's never happened there, but it will never, ever happen in the future. And thoughts and prayers with uh, Michigan State family because it goes above rivalries. Yeah, I mean – Here's a th- here's here's my whole thing though with with that, it does go above you know, my thoughts and prayers are out to the families affected by this demonic person. However, you cannot have somebody like Nasser doing something like that for so long to so many people, and not and nobody know about it. People had to bury this. People had to know about it and let it continue. So I think and they, those people should burn. And I'm saying and I think that Nasser is just the beginning. I think we need to find the people who knew did nothing or allowed it to happen and throw them in jail as well. Now, the, the point that I, w- I was going to make with it is you I assume you saw that video of the dad who tried to attack him, right? Yeah. OK. Tough to watch. Uh, it was very tough to watch. It was very tough to watch. But this is I. I felt bad for the cops, and there was a transcript of what was being said after they tackled him to the ground. And one of the cops that was holding him on the ground said, I understand, but stay down. He's like, I just want one minute with him. He's like, I understand, but stay down. And they kept fighting with him, so they had to put him in handcuffs. And fortunately, they, no charges were pressed against him. But this is, this is my whole thing. The cops did have a job to do, and I 100% understand that. They could not let allow that guy to attack Nasser or they would have failed at their jobs. However, if I was one of the cops there, I might have purposely moved. Purposely missed. Yeah. I would have, no, not necessarily purposely missed, but I might have hesitated for just a second just to let him get one good swing on him. And after that, you know, pull him off him or whatever. But I, 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 I'm, I, am, I am putting uh, odds out there that as soon as Nasser enters prison, enters prison within like, the week, he will be dead. It's very possible. They there are two people. There are two kinds of people that prisoners target and have zero respect for, and will do whatever it takes to get rid of them. One are other cops that are in prison with them, and the other are child molesters, just like that, just like Nasser. Yeah. They will destroy him. Uh, before a week is out, I guarantee it. Um, it, it's just tough because the the dad clearly is in a situation in which you just he doesn't know how to handle it. You obviously want to protect your family. Um, oh yeah, I mean I can't. I mean all the dads. You know he's the only one that we saw. You know I mean all the dads. Every single one of them just wants a just one minute with Nasser. And you know what? I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of Hammurabi's code. I I think that you know what? Let's put Nasser in a little box and one by one we'll let the dads go in there. Get just one 30 seconds. Just 30 seconds. 
You know, just round by round, 30 seconds. Everybody gets a shot. Everybody gets a shot. And maybe if we had something like that, guys like that might think twice about it, you know, that if they get caught, they're going to have to basically stand against the gauntlet, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so as as this story develops, we'll, we'll learn more about uh, what happened in Michigan State. Clearly, the president, whether she knew <laughs> or didn't know, um, did not handle the backside of it well enough, and so she was going to be gone. The athletic director retires yep. the day after the president resigns, yep. and now John Engler, who um, this mm. this is well, the funny thing about John Engler being the president of a university is he wasn't very pro schools as a governor, but yeah, that's <laughs> the person that you're going to have represent the university, and I understand because and that tells you everything you need to know about Michigan right. State. The, the the best thing that he did say though. <laughs> And I'll, I'll say this about John Engler is that he he said that um, no positions will come from the current board. In I mean, when something like this happens, mm-hmm. it's it's like the Titanic. You might have not hit the iceberg, but you're probably going to go down with it. Yep. And you know, that's just what's going to happen. Yep. Uh, we're going to go to our first break. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to cover some boxing. Ricky Hatton. There's only one Ricky Hatton. Wait. Has a question about Tyson Fury, which I love. Uh, I I I want to throw this in here because I just found this out. Uh, you remember the Hawaii incident with the f- um, false advertisement of the ballistic missile? Oh yeah, uh, the I East, saw his interview. The uh, East, yeah, the, the East day. Coast just got hit with a false tsunami warning. Oh dear, <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but. It's, something's happening. Either the world's really about to end and no one wants to tell anybody, or like thing is, yeah, yeah. Uh, or uh, or we need to. I didn't hear you. Oh, uh, there. You know, in Hawaii, how there was the false ballistic missile attack. Yeah, yeah. So the East Coast just got hit with a false tsunami warning, and uh, I said, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I said, I don't know if the world's really about to end and. Just don't want anybody to know about it or if, like, we need to, like, really, really start vetting these people that control the emergency alerts. Not a conversation alerts. I want right now. <laughs> <laughs> not, not before we, the Olympics. Can we go to a break? Yes, let's go to a break. We'll be back. Uh, can talk about Ricky Hatton questioning Tyson Fury. Well, we have, a, we have a John Chalbeck oh, when okay. we come back. Ah, John Chalbeck when we come back. You're listening to The Undercard, Hand Combat Radio. Welcome back to the undercard, everybody. This Friday happening at Motor City uh, Casino down in Detroit, Michigan, is a dual combat sports MMA event. Tickets are very down to the last few. I know that much. Um, So if you're interested, come out Friday night. One of the people that is actually going to be fighting and helps organize it is John Chalbeck. We're going to be calling him. And uh, he's going to go through the card. We're going to talk some uh, fights. Hello? Hey, John. You're live on the undercard. How are you today? Oh, what's up, Brad? I'm good. How is the undercard today? <laughs> we're, pre- we're pretty good. Uh, we've, we've had a few 
I don't know. I think we had more off weeks than work weeks lately, but it, it's been fun. Uh, we're, all just, we're all just hacking off our, our, out our lungs here. You know, sorry. it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, could, I could hear that. Everyone start coughing at once so I could really hear you. <laughs> uh, we're joined by John Chalback, uh, the Did Florida Keys kid. Yeah, now, now you got Jimmy laughing. Uh, undefeated boxer and undefeated MMA artist, and he's fighting this Friday, as I said, at the Soundboard in Motor City Casino. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing great. I've uh, been, I've had a great camp. Um, you know, all the all the fights are all set. Everyone's got everything taken care of. Uh, it's going to be an exciting show. I, I can't wait to get in there and get my next MMA opportunity in, and uh, you know, move on to the next move on to the next the next event. Well, let's talk about your opponent. Who are you going against this uh, Friday? And um, you, you bounce back and forth from boxing and MMA. How long was this camp preparing for this opponent, too? So two questions there. I'm hitting you hard, but I know you can do both. Um, this, this camp was a little shorter than usual because I was uh, taking care of lots of business. Um, but uh, I had about a good five weeks to get myself ready for a man named Quintez Bozell who's usually a boxer and he wants to try his hand in MMA, you know, just like I did, you know, when I jumped into MMA and, um, you know, I'm not going to try to box the boxer. I'm actually going to try to wrestle him and choke him out as quick as possible. Now, as you bounce back and forth from boxing and MMA, um, like, I mean, (laughs) is this, become normal for you i know we've talked about it before you're you're a smart guy u of m guy uh but is is this just normal now that after this it goes to boxing and you you have found a routine yeah i'd like to think that i have a pretty good routine down and uh you know a fight is a fight you know i mean obviously i'd rather keep it standing usually you know depending on who i'm going against um, in an MMA fight, but it doesn't mean that I don't know how to wrestle. It doesn't mean I don't know how to choke somebody out. You know, I'm, I feel like I'm a pretty diverse individual, you know, when it comes mind, body, and spirit. And, um, I'm going to put forth, you know, my 100%, no matter what type of fight it is. Yes. The next fight after this one is a boxing. It's April 13th at the motor city casino. And so I'll be ready to bounce back for that. Um, as far as the routine in MMA, this is only my second MMA fight as a pro, so I'd like to get more MMA experience, you know, and try to catch up to my boxing. But, um, you know, I, I can only go as fast as the as the events come and go. Now, uh, promoter uh, Carlos Lalinas, he's got a, a good card. Let's run through the card here. What, what's the main event? Tell us some of the matchups that... Um, should excite people? I mean, there's not many tickets left. I think I think the undercard's sitting on like some of the last tickets. Um, tell us the main event and some fights that people cannot miss. Well, I can tell you, uh, you're not going to want to miss the main event, which is Taylor Moore versus Derek Mandel. You've got the two best gyms in the state, Scorpion Fighting Systems and Michigan Top Team, going <laughs> against one another again. Um, you've got two of the best 135ers in the state fighting each other, both stepping up, you know, both have a lot to win and a lot to lose in this fight. Um, so you're definitely not going to want to miss that. You know, really, we're really proud that we got that fight on the card. Um, 
The co-main event is Lou Radecki, a 2-0 fighter. It's a rematch against Brandon Noble. And um, that first fight was a war. So Brandon Noble is looking to get revenge. And um, you're not going to want to miss that fight. Um, lots of solid fights on the card. We have a, uh, an amateur championship fight. Um, Mike Dinaj versus Paris Boyd. Now Paris uh, is filling in for the dangerous Jesse Smitherman. But after watching some of the footage on Paris Boyd, uh, he could be even more dangerous. So uh, I'm not really sure that Mike Dinaj has an easier fight at all in, uh, in Paris Boyd. Um, but that should be a really good fight. Dante Brown versus Jared Chauvin is a rematch of their last amateur fight. And they're fighting each other in pro debuts, which was a split decision the last time. So that should be a great fight. Um, uh, let's see here. What, what else do we have here? We have Mike Kowalski going against James Martin. Um, who else? Danny Barry is fighting Loke Hawk. So a pretty complete um, night. The main event alone sells it. Um, yeah, know. I mean the main the main event is you know a fight that you know everyone as soon as they as soon as the poster went out, everyone's been talking about it. Everyone has an opinion about it. Everyone has, you know, their prediction, you know, and everybody wants to see it. You know what I mean? So uh, both guys have been working hard. You know, I've, uh, both guys, I'm sure, really want to beat the crap out of each other. So, you know, I, I see it being a really exciting fight. You know, maybe even emotions are running high between the two camps. You know, who knows? Well, yeah, and that's something that um, you, you come in from Scorpion Fighting Systems and our co-host Cody might be might be here shortly here, but he, he can talk about that. Um, I, I believe I saw Taylor Moore, I think, fight at TXC and, um, you know, and it was against a Michigan top team opponent. I can't, I can't remember off the top of it my head. It was probably Mike Hernandez, I think Correct. it was, uh, if it was the last one that you were talking about. And Yeah, and you had Hernandez and Moore, and it, it just seems like I know if, you, if I asked Taylor Moore and I know if I asked Mike Hernandez – you know, do you feel added pressure because you're representing a gym with a, you know, a healthy competitive rivalry? I know they would say no. It's just a fight. It's just me in the cage. But let's be honest, John. You are representing a, a gym here. There is some added pressure there, isn't there? Absolutely. I, I mean, I think I think so. When both when both gyms are so known for winning and being the best. You know, um, yeah, I'd say there is a pressure to perform and and almost like follow the status quo, which is you need to win. You know, I mean, you know, that's just like that with any of those gyms across the country. You know, people, you know, alpha male comes to town. The, the alpha male fighters are most of the time expected to win, you know. So <laughs> in Michigan, you know, you got michigan top team and you got scorpion fighting systems you know and in my opinion those are the two best and and you know most of the time when you have big fights it's going to be two people from each one of those gyms going against each other now you have a very hands-on relationship with dual combat sports uh you're, you're behind the scenes doing a lot um with carlos uh what what's the most difficult thing from that side that you've seen that you, you you discuss with fighters when, when when maybe maybe a fighter will come up to you and be like, hey, man, can you do this? And then now that you've seen that side of the organization, you're like, hey, it's not as easy as it looks or something. You know, is there anything that 
you now can relay to fighters having sat on the other side of the table? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, really, uh, lots of these, you know, lots of people should know that, you know, lots of these promoters, you know, aren't making a ton of money at the end of the night, you know, when all the budget, you know, goes through, um, you know, lots of these guys are, are doing what they're doing because they want to, they, they want to, it's fun. You know, uh, I can tell you one thing, Carlos doesn't make a million dollars throwing these fights. You know, he does it because he likes to be in the scene and he wants to keep doing it and it's fun for him, you know? So, uh, it, it's not his main, it's not his main ticket to make money. That's for sure. Right. Um, and I would let all fighters know that, uh, you know, they, they, they need to, to realize if they want to get opportunities, you know, they need to, to realize, you know, what the promoter needs and also what the fighter needs. You know, both guys need to come out in a winning situation, you know, and, and, and how does that happen? Well, that happens with ticket sales and people pulling their weight and bringing fans and all the fans and, you know, people showing up to the fights and contributing to the party and to the event. So, uh, you know, as long as everyone does their part, and for the most part, everyone does what they say that they're going to do. That's the that's the main thing. You know, nobody wants to be unreliable. You know, that's like the, I think one of the worst qualities of a person is if you're unreliable. So, you know, if you say you're going to call me at this time, you call me. If I say I'm going to call you, I call you. If I say I'm going to show up to fight, I show up no matter what happens. All right. Uh, so I was hoping Cody would make it here in time to get some time with John Chal back here. I'm going to give you guys both a task here. The main event, um, as you described, is uh, SFS Force uh, Michigan top team, but it is two sensational fighters. I'm going to start with you, John. Uh, give us the three strengths that Taylor Moore has to uh, defeat Derek. I think the three strengths that Taylor has is he's, for he's a very large 135 uh he's tall he's a he's a good striker and he's diverse meaning that he can strike or he can go to the ground and he has lots of wrestling experience so i think when you put all those things together he can keep it on the feet if Derek tries to take him down he can get back to his feet or he maybe could submit Derek on the ground um you know i think i think taylor either wins it on the feet you know, or he submits them, in my opinion. All right, we go to UFC fighter Cody Stamen, uh, co-host of uh, the undercard here. Derek is fighting. What is his three uh, winning qualities, and why does he get the win over Taylor this Friday? Uh, Derek is a really, really good athlete. He's really, really explosive. Um, he's really good in scrambles. He's He's got, like, he's, he's real short and compact. So he's a really, really hard guy to take down. And, uh, you know, when he's on top of you, he's a really hard guy to get off of you. Uh, I mean, I saw Taylor fight Mike Hernandez, and he couldn't get off his back to save his life. So, I mean, I feel like if Derek wanted to, he could lay on him for five rounds and beat him. Um, but, you know, he's also a, like a really, uh, really hard guy to hit. You know, he moves a lot, moves his head a lot. I mean, he was the king of the cage champ. You know, the guys he's fought. And the guys that he's beat, you know, I think are better than Taylor. I mean, his last couple of fights, he's been fighting, you know, just, you know, guys that are killers, guys that will probably be in the UFC or, you know, guys that are in the UFC. So, and I just don't think Taylor's, you know, at that level yet. 
So, uh, all right, John, do you think this uh, this fight goes to decision, or do you think there'll be a definitive winner? Um, I think I think it will be a decision. Um, you know, I hate saying I hate saying that. You know, I hate saying, "Oh, I think fights will go the distance," because in reality, I never really want any fight to go the distance. Never um, leave it in the judges' but, hands. Yeah, but I think both guys, as Cody was just saying, you know, uh, you know, Derek is a tough guy. He's going to be hard to finish. You know, um, you know, Taylor's tough. Obviously, with that fight with Mike Hernandez, everyone thought Taylor would get knocked out in the first round, and it went to a split decision. It was a tough fight. I think this will be another tough fight for both guys. I think it will go to the decision and it'll just be, you know, who put more money in the bank during the fight, you know, scored points, you know, and, uh, you know, put them, put the work in to win. You know, I'm excited for the fight. You know, uh, I can't wait to see it. I'm going to make sure I park myself right next to the cage. <laughs> uh, Cody, how about you? Any chance this goes to decision or do you think that, that, that somebody will be a definitive winner? Uh, if, uh, if Derek can get on the inside, I think, uh, you know, he could, he could knock, knock Taylor out. Um, and just, I just don't think Taylor has the tools to necessarily finish Derek. I mean, I've seen Derek fight, you know, like Juan Archuleta, who was like 20 and one could easily be, you know, maybe even the top 10 guy in the UFC. He's a really, really, really good Good athlete, good fighter. He's like one of the main training partners of TJ Dillashaw, the Bantamweight champ. Um, and Derek went five rounds with him. And, uh, like, that kid couldn't finish Derek or really get anything off on him. So uh, Derek's, Derek would be a really, really hard guy to put away just because he's, he's durable and, you know, he's he's a real tough kid. All right. Well, uh, John, thank you so much for joining us and hyping up the card. It doesn't need hyped up. It's almost sold out, if not the last few tickets. Uh, John Chalbeck, he's fighting Friday. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, uh, good luck to you on Friday. Thank you so much, guys. I'll talk to you soon. All right. That is John Chalbeck from SFS. He is fighting on Friday. How you doing, Cody? I'm great, man. How are you? Good. <laughs> See, I wanted you to come in here because I wanted like the strengths of both both camps and stuff. Yeah. Um, we should have. We should have. You should have reversed the roles and made me talk about Taylor. And I was thinking that. I was that honest. Super awkward, but I'm pretty quiet. I'm like, uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> now, uh, legit question because people like controversy. Uh, no, it, they do. Uh, the drama. Soundboard, very dun, small place. Dun, dun. Um, the history between your your two gyms. Um, is there a speech? Is there a leadership speech that uh, you know Fish, Darren, or somebody gives about maybe making sure the fight just happens in the cage and, and hell nothing happens? Hell no! Hell no! <laughs> hell no! If one of those guys looks at us funny, we're gonna beat all their asses. <laughs> Oh man! No, not not really. But uh, <laughs> we have we have gotten that speech before. Um, when Mike fought Taylor, mm-hmm. Joe Battaglia, and Javier, and pretty much sat down all the guys that are like ready to scrap on our team, and like me, Moshatri, Oz. There's a few of us that are kind of like no bullshit kind of guys. Like we'll fight somebody in the crowd. Um, they like sat us down, like, listen, if you guys get in a fight, you are going to jail. Like, do not. Like, we have cops. There's, there's going to be officers there, and they 
know who you are and they're going to be watching you. Do not fight at our show. And I was, you know, it's pretty much like tighter, <laughs> tighter hands behind your back. Well, what about when the show ends? What, can we fight him in the parking lot? Because uh, there was a lot of things being said online that were just like, I don't know. They were like, I mean, this one thing to hype a fight, you know, I think you can hype a fight without making it personal. Right. You know, I, you know, and someone I really, really loved, because uh, like the way he talked trash was classy. It was Ali. Yeah. You know, he, he's like, you ugly. You know what I mean? He'd say things that, that were funny. You know what I mean? He didn't have to make it personal. Um, you know, and now Conor McGregor, that, that whole thing is like set in and, you know, Conor really doesn't make it, he doesn't really talk about, you know, people's families and stuff like that. And like when you, when you, there's a line, there's a line. I mean, there should be, there should be like a professional courtesy. And like, once you cross that line, you say something, you know, personal about someone's life. It's like, eh, well, you know, you deserve to get, you know, booted in the parking lot. Well, my, my, my only concern would be, and uh, Jimmy would probably back me up here, is that uh, Motor City has opened their arms to Michigan MMA. They've done boxing for years. And as you are pulling the engine for Michigan Top Team, right, and you're bringing along the next champions and everything like this, this is a great venue. I'd hate for anything to happen. Wouldn't say Michigan Top Team would start it. Wouldn't say SFS would start it. Might be two idiots in the crowd that start it and you guys get blamed for it. You know what I'm saying? I'd hate to see this venue, which I just told – I think that's the best venue in Michigan, the soundboard. It's just intimate. It's good for boxing. You it's, haven't been to Delta so it's bigger. Which one? The Delta Bucks. No, I haven't been there. You got to take me yeah, in a couple weeks uh, for KOP. Um, I, I, I would like to see the venue. No incidents. And I'd like to see. I really don't think. I don't think there's going to be an issue. I mean, and I'd like to see one lot. definitive winner. So it doesn't go to the judges and there's no, yeah. you know, oh, that was a bad decision or right. something like that. See a big knockout or something. That's yeah, because no fighter has ever lost in a decision. Right, no, 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 no. <laughs> right. You don't want to because that just thing. fuels more, more of yeah. the uh, the stuff. How is your camp going, buddy? Good, good, good. I just got back from South Carolina. Warmer weather? <laughs> no, it was actually kind of <laughs> shitty down there too. But it was like forty five. I think it was like fifty one day. I felt like it was a hundred out. Um, but yeah, no, not, not nice weather. I just went down there to work and. And you were working out with some killers. Uh, who was who down there helping you get ready for this big fight? So I, I really went down there to to train with a, a couple coaches they have down there, Jimmy Fowler and Brian Harper. Brian Harper was uh, Dan Henderson's coach for a really long time. He's like a he's like a black belt in jiu-jitsu, and he's like he specializes in like wrestling, defense, and you know wall work things that you know my I think my opponent is good at. So I just went down there to kind of seclude myself for a little while and just work on like one aspect of the game just to uh stay sharp and you know everything's everything's going as planned so that's great and and uh, your yours is coming up march 2nd right march 2nd or march 3rd Third, yeah. march 3rd i mean it'll be here be three weeks three weeks out yeah. three or four weeks out. four weeks um dude i can't oh, wait for you to get this man yeah like uh, uh, just, i know you know, I'm a, I think it's, it's I'm like more excited than you. Yeah, this is like the worst. Huh? It's like the waiting game now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're in shape. I've put in a lot of the hard work. I'm kind of tapering off. You know, this is like my last really, really hard week. You know, where I actually just like, you know, try to kill myself all week. But and then you kind of like ease up a little bit and just kind of sharpen the tools you have and you let your body recover. Trying to get hurt those last few weeks. And then, you know, go on, go on and fight. Perfect. Uh, 
any other matchups uh, that you want to see on Friday? I know you got any, any other fighters that are going to be part of this uh, dual combat sports. We have a couple other guys. Uh, Monib is making his pro debut. His opponent got hurt, but yep. they found him somebody. They found him somebody else, which was awesome. And then uh, one of my good friends and strength conditioning coach, Mike Kowalski, is fighting. He's a really, really tough dude. He's fun to watch just because he's not the guy that's going to take anybody down. He likes to just throw him. Throw, yeah. He, I mean, he really does. He's a like he's a he's a hard guy to corner because there's so many like oh, you know what I mean? Like oh my god, moments in his fights. He fought at the Joe, and uh, that was a really, really good fight too. So he, he's a, he's a really fun guy to watch. Honestly, I don't I don't know I don't know who who all is fighting, but um. Yeah, it's not like from what everyone says, it's going to be really good card. I think it'll be a pretty good card. Um, the main event, I mean, alone. Is Who's the, the, do you know who the goal main event is? Uh, he just mentioned it, but I forget. Man, I forget. It might it might be on Tapology. Yeah, I could look it up. Try to look it up here, Jimmy. Want look it up? Uh, yeah, you got your own camp going on, so that it's always got to be kind of difficult. Are you cornering people too, though? Yeah, off prior corner, Mike, off prior corner, everybody. But um, yeah, it, uh, it, I don't know. I, I'm pretty used to it. Like uh, my last fight, I literally cornered Darren Saturday night. Sunday, we went home, you know, from Grand Rapids, <clears throat> packed our shit, and left on at seven o'clock on Monday morning. You know, he was still like stitched up from his fight. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know. It's it's, it's pretty it's normal. It's not on tapology yet. Is it? No, it's not. Oh, no. Right. Nope. Oh. All right. Uh, so we were going to talk just a tad of boxing before we go back into <laughs> MMA. I got to find. Let me do. Story. Let me do. Oh yeah, uh, do what's on tap. What's on tap? And I'm not even going to do the intro because by the time I get it set up, I, I could finish reading this. So this is um, what's on tap, sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company. Uh, not a whole lot going on. Uh, uh, this week, uh, Cancun, Mexico, uh, B E I N Sports and Espanol. We have a title fight: Miguel Burchelt versus Maxwell Awuku. Twelve rounds for Burchelt's WBC Junior Lightweight title. Um, CBS Sports Net. It's on a tape delay. We uh, at Park City, Kansas. We have Nico Hernandez versus Yosef Ajata. Uh, eight rounds for the flyweights. And moving on to MMA, aside from uh, the fights this Friday at the Motor City Soundboard, uh, we have on February 10th, UFC 221, Romero versus Rockhold uh, in Australia. And that's What's on Tap, sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company. All right. I just wanted to uh, comment, uh, especially with Cody here too now. Uh, so Ricky Hatton, who is one of the – most exciting boxers to come about. Um, wanted to talk about Tyson Fury and has he done too much damage in his time off? Of course, Tyson Fury has battled weight problems since winning the IBF, WBA, and WBO heavyweight titles from uh, Klitschko. But um, he beat Klitschko. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, not 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 too bad, right? Uh, but uh, I don't know if he was necessarily partying as much as not taking care of him. But Ricky Hatton brings up something that I talk to Rochelle about all the time. And I just don't think fighters can take time off 
like other sports and then come back. I think it's a reflex thing. I think it's a hunger thing. I think it's it's a lot. So Ricky Hatton basically told PA Sport that the one thing that worries me in the two years or three years that he's been out, that he's already done too much damage. If he would have fought Anthony Joshua maybe six, seven months after Klitschko, he'd have beaten him. I've There's rarely, besides Mayweather coming back after his two-year uh, retirement. Um, GSP. GSP dominating I, but i didn't years. see that i i wouldn't have said that i wouldn't have thought that um no, me neither. i feel if i had to bet that it's just something instinctual maybe your reflexes um but i don't know so i turn it over to cody uh <laughs> can you take two or three years off and be as good as you were before those three years and i'm talking Dep- it's not like tyson fury took care of himself depends on what you're doing i think um you know, if in that time you're, you know, training, maybe you're not training to for a fight, but you're, you know, still sharpening your tools, still staying active. I think it wouldn't be that big of a deal. And then I guess the other side of that be like, you know, maybe an athlete, maybe he needed the rest. You know, maybe his brain needed to recover a little bit. Maybe his body, maybe he had some, uh, some injuries and some, some ailments that were, you know, maybe holding him back because he was fighting so often. Uh, you know, it could be a good thing. It just—I think it really depends. I think a lot of guys, you know, you make a bunch of money and then you take that time off and you spend that time spending that money and not taking care of yourself, living the, you know, living that 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 shit lifestyle. You know, where you're out partying and stuff all the time. I can see where that would be. Uh, it'd be really really hard to come back from that. But you know, if it, when you're guys at the very very tippy top. I feel like our elite level athletes and they know what it takes to be at that level. So, I mean, he would, he would know what it would take to get back and he would know if he was, you know, he, he would know if, if he was in good enough shape to compete at that level again. But, you know, it depends on how old he is too. You know, is he, is he, you know, 30, is he 35, oh, no, is he 38, uh, you know? God, he's still young. Hold on, let me find yeah, if he's still, I mean, if he's still young, <laughs> I don't really see, I don't see an issue with it. And then I say that, but GSP is like 37. But GSP was actually taking care of himself probably and yeah. eating well and still a healthy lifestyle. And, and there was rumors for years that GSP was training still in, you know, Canada and stuff, yeah. uh, you know, behind closed doors. Tyson Fury clearly... Uh, he put on huge. a lot of weight. Yeah, he just he doesn't look like the guy that beat Klitschko. Um, but that would also apply to Conor McGregor. And I'm so tired of talking about Conor McGregor. But here's a guy that now has not fought MMA in a long ass time. And the more somebody brought this up to yeah, me online, nice. yeah, somebody brought this up to me online. How many people Conor could beat? And he was naming off people. And I think I had Connor going five hundred. I, I I had I had some people beating Connor because of the time off, the distractions, and the money. Um, but he would be like GSP, a guy that I have to believe that Connor somewhere is taking care of his body. I he might be so. enjoying the luxuries, but I think he's. But he's still. I think he's still in the gym. Yeah, I think Connor's still in the gym. Um, behind closed doors again, like GSP. So he, maybe he's a guy that could do it. Um, and plus, he he just took a big amount of time and just focused on one aspect of MMA, and I think that that actually does help your overall game. 
He just boxed, you know, for mm-hmm. like what six months. Yep. You got to know his hands are getting are going to be a little bit sharper than maybe they were before. Not that they weren't sharp before, because you know, obviously, he puts everyone out with that with that left hand. You know, that's really that's really one of Connor's. You know, with all the stuff that he does, it's really <coughs> it's really his hands that that get the job done. <coughs> but I don't know. I think you know Connor. I mean. I've counted, I counted him out. I didn't want him to be as good as he is for so long. But then the way he dismantled some guys that were, you know, contenders like Eddie Alvarez, he made him look like he didn't know how to fight. Could he beat Tony Ferguson? I think so. I think he definitely beat Tony Ferguson. I think the only thing that beats Conor McGregor is his gas tank. Yeah. You so know, he beats if, himself. Yeah, I think if he can, he if he just wins those first three rounds, if you get in a three-round fight with Conor McGregor, you are a dead man. It's it's that he has he's he's gonna only be in championship fights from now on from now until forever. Right. He can fight fifteen minutes and kill anybody, but it's that extra two rounds that and you see it in the in the Diaz fight, you know, he's beating the hell out of him for two rounds and then but, got submitted. The Jose Being, Aldo, he didn't even need the gas yeah, take the first right, time around. Right. Ten, even, ten he, seconds into that. He didn't that. even start the ignition. He right, just, you know, even just against, pushed it a little against bit. Floyd. He you know, Floyd knew that. Knew it going into it. Floyd being the you know, the cerebral fighter that, that he is, you know, he knew that you know Connor was gonna gas himself out the same way he does in MMA. That's that's just what he does. So if if Connor gets his gas tank under control, then I don't know. I mean, Khabib is really the only guy I think in that division that could beat him. All right. So here's our uh, controversial uh, moment here. Maybe it'll give us a good sound bite, and we'll get some uh, new listeners here. Um, it, it's looking like CM Punk is going to fight UFC 225. You put in your dues. Not only did you put in your dues, my friend. Uh, you got talent. Uh as a UFC fighter, knowing that some of your teammates might – Fish is a great example. Maybe should be given an opportunity in the UFC. And here's CM Punk who is in it because of his name. He's going to get another shot at a UFC fight and never had fought in lower rank. Sure, a conditioned athlete wrestling, some some background, but not never never worked his way up like you did. How do you feel about that as a UFC fighter that he's going to get a second chance? It just screams publicity stunt. I mean, it's 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 100% a publicity stunt. It's just uh, it's controversial, and like you guys said, people love that shit. You know what I mean? Everybody loves to hate CM Punk, but the UFC is selling tickets because of him, even though I think he absolutely sucks, and he's going to get his ass whooped by anybody they put in there against him. You know, that's going to be, I mean, really, like, they're probably just scraping. They're just trying to find somebody. It's like, dude, find some, like, find somebody that he can maybe, you know, have a decent fight with. Survive for more than 30 seconds. Yeah, so we don't have to cut him, you know what I mean? Because maybe we can get one more fight out of this guy. Yeah. I mean, you just just can't learn. It It takes years, 10 years, 5 years. You know, even even the most elite athletes, you know, in another sport, in, in wrestling or boxing or another aspect of the game need five or six years to learn to make the transition in MMA. CM Punk is never going to be good at MMA. He's never going to be a challenger or anything like that. So it's just a matter of time, you know, and everyone's going to get, he's going to get exposed. He's going to get his ass beat again. And then, you know, it was just going to dust under the rug. Like he never existed. Uh, and the, the thing was that, uh, so he fought in UFC 203, 
Um, terrible performance. And at that time, it, was, it sounded like Dana White wasn't going to give him another opportunity. But, uh, but now he has another opportunity coming up. Um, I guess make the most of your opportunities. Um, but the only I, thing I thought was BS was that he made $500,000 his entry fight. I think he should have made the structure 10 and 10, just like everybody else. Yep. In their first UFC fight. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing I'm getting at is that you've put in your dues. You know, people that maybe deserve a shot at UFC to see if they belong in there. And here's a guy that, um, I mean, what's his real name? Phil Brooks, right? Or something like that. that, I mean, they're, they're using his CM Punk name from WWE to sell. Right. Um, kind of interesting. Uh, so we have here in about nine minutes, um, we are going to talk some pro wrestling. But I, I thought of you the other day, Cody. Uh, what's your walkout music going to be this time? Do you know? It's always Leonard Skinner, uh, Simple Man. There you go. Every single fight. Because uh, the Royal Rumble happened, and Jimmy turned it off before the monumental I, moment. I walked out of my friend's house. Yeah. He, he missed the the moment. What's, but, uh, I know I'm just going to sound dumb, but what's the Royal Rumble? <laughs> I've never watched pro wrestling. Uh, Royal Rumble is basically uh, you start off with two pre- people in the in the ring, and then every minute another person comes out, and there's 30 contenders. I think it's like you eliminate uh, you had like two minutes or a minute, and then uh, you eliminate your opponent. You know, whoever is in the ring by throwing, by throwing them off the top, uh, throwing them over the top rope. If their feet land on the ground, then they're out. And whoever's left standing at the end is the winner of the Royal Rumble and gets to wrestle in WrestleMania or whatever. This one was uh, different and a little bit more special because for every Royal Rumble that has ever happened in the history of the WWE, it's always been ju- all men, just men. But this year they did a men and they did a woman's. For the first time ever, they did a woman's. So, and there was speculation that Ronda Rousey was going to be in the Royal Rumble, and she wasn't. And so the women's Royal Rumble was done, and I'm like, well, she never showed up. So I walked out of my friend's house, and they said, literally, as I walked out the door, she showed up on the pay-per-view. I'm like, oh, man. But you knew she was coming out because she had the <laughs> uh, the Joan Jett Bad Reputation song. Like, it made it yeah, really play, which was her, her walkout song for yeah, UFC. And so I just want to make sure Cody's she's using, she's using the Rowdy Rowdy Piper that uh, I don't like imagery while well, they're doing Ronda uh, Rowdy Ronda. I know. Yeah, I know. did she win? Well, she no, didn't she, fight. She, all she did was walk into the the ring. She pointed at the WrestleMania thing. She tried to shake the hand of the winner. It got slapped away. She turned around. She pointed the sign again. She walked up the ramp. She pointed the sign again, and that was it. She didn't even speak. <laughs> it was really exciting. But it was really exciting. <laughs> it sounds exciting. Uh, so we're gonna go to our last. Uh, last break of the night, and then we're going to talk uh, WWE <laughs> with Jacob uh, from our friends on our Sunday uh, network. Are you okay, Jimmy? You gonna make it? Yeah, I'll just get something to drink here. All right, cool. All right, we'll be back in a few minutes. Welcome back to the undercard. Uh, the Olympics start this week. Uh, yes, they do. So next week we are. Uh, going to talk some Olympics. What uh, what sports are you most looking forward to? The two man luge. I mean, it doesn't get more <laughs> exciting than the two man luge. Uh, that is exhilarating. <laughs> oh my! Uh, but we we are going to talk wrestling here. Uh, who do we got coming up, Jimmy? 
We have Jacob from Top Rope Review. Thank you. All you right. had to say that just as I was taking a drink of water. I can't see out of the side. Screw you, Brad. Uh, and Jacob, any two Jacob's seconds. our wrestling insider. Um, naturally, from an MMA world, uh, <clears throat> we are curious about the Ronda Rousey uh, storyline. Um, you know, it's interesting. They may they may remove her from the UFC game, so you might have her on the game. But when you load it online, they're going to take her away. But the UFC is not bitter. She went to WWE, but they might remove her from the game. Have you have you ever loaded a game? Not they'll, mad. They'll update it. We're not mad, but what? you're not on the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What? We're not. We don't hate you, but you can't what be on the game What are you talking anymore. about? Okay, Ronda's in this new game. UFC 3. UFC 3. Okay, yeah. Okay. And they're like, we're happy for being in the WWE, yeah, yeah. but you know how it updates and you can get new yeah, fighters. Yeah, you patch. And, and, yeah. Exactly. They may remove her from the game, so when you load her, she's gone. No, it's... The amount of time and effort that uh, UA or, or EA or whoever it is, EA. EA, the amount of time and effort it would they would have to spend in uh, order to make a patch. I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt you because we okay. have a call coming. Okay, introduce him, Jimmy. Hi, we have Jacob on the line from Top Rope Review to talk to us about Ronda Rousey in the Royal Rumble. How you doing, Jacob? Hey, this is Jacob Brooks from the, uh, the Top Rope Review. How's it going, guys? We're doing good. <laughs> good. I'm about to kill my co-host, but uh, it's all right. <laughs> you guys are on on Sundays. What time are you guys on? Yeah, we're on at 4 o'clock on Sundays, but you can catch us a couple of days after on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Player FM. Player FM is usually a little bit slow on that, but if that's what you use, that's what you use. I think we're on Alexis now too. Podcast Detroit. I think we're on Alexis too. I, I don't know. We got to talk to the people. Um, <laughs> you're, we're joined by Cody uh, uh, Stamen, uh, Jimmy Pache, and uh, Rochelle here. So let's just cut right to it. Were you surprised at all that the Women's Royal Rumble happened? No Ronda, and then she came out at the end. I. Um, yeah, I'll be, I'll say that I was surprised that she didn't come out during the rumble. I think that was the, the big rumor was she was going to be in it. The second rumor to that was she was going to win it. Um, I'm kind of glad that they didn't do it like that, but yeah, I'd say I was surprised. Now here's the problem and Cody and, uh, Jimmy and me are, are going to play devil's advocate here. And then you got to defend the wrestling side of this. Okay. So let's, let's play along right. here. Ronda wasn't the best female MMA artist in the world, but I have a feeling you guys are going to let her win for like a year. And I'm grouping you in with the wrestling guys, but I have a feeling you guys are going to make her the baddest female on the planet. She's going to beat everybody and be unstoppable. But from our world, she was an average MMA star who got there before other people. Do you do you think there's truth behind this? Um. I think there's some truth to that. I don't, like you said, I don't think she was um, anything particularly exciting in MMA. Only the fact that she was first on board, the first to get to, yeah, to get to that level. Um, I will say though, if she goes straight into a title match, if they put her straight into a title picture, I don't think that they're going to let her win. I think that they're going to let the uh, the established star go over on her. Um, and the, the two big stories that they're promoting, right? Well, the two big rumored stories is possibly a, um, a mixed tag 
team match against Stephanie and Triple H. And the other one is possibly the title match against Charlotte Flair. Um, there's been a lot of rumbles of the four horsewomen of wrestling against the four horsewomen of MMA. Um, but yeah, if they, if they do end up going with the, uh, the Charlotte Flair storyline, I don't think that they're going to let her win the title right off the back. Well, it, it's interesting because, you know, it's sports entertainment. So you, you can't go the Bliss route because I don't, I don't think Bliss could be more popular. So if, if you go that no. route, um, you're going to cut into Bliss's moment here. You know, she she's where John Cena was, you know, not now John Cena gets booed, but she's where he was as an entertainer for the female side right now. So do you think it's going to be with, like you said, Charlotte Flair and other people and allow Bliss to have her momentum too? Or do you think that uh, they're just going to wreck it right off the bat and let those two go at it? Uh, I don't, I'm fairly certain that Bliss is going to be taking on Asuka at WrestleMania. Um, I think that's just an obvious storyline. I think it's good. I think it's smart. And I think that's a good place for Asuka to continue her winning streak or even lose her winning streak. I think losing that winning streak to, uh, to Alexa Bliss at Mania is like crazy for Alexa, but I don't think it necessarily hurts Asuka if she doesn't do it clean. But I, I definitely do think if she's going to be put into a title match at WrestleMania, it's going to be with Charlotte. And the thing is, Charlotte can really help um, smooth out a lot of uh, Ronda's maybe roughness, a little bit of her greenness in the wrestling world. Now, did you ever think we'd see a world that we're in right now where MMA and wrestling, I mean, they, so we were just talking before you got on the air. CM Punk has another fight coming up in the UFC, uh, I think in uh, Chicago in June. Uh, and then Brock Lesnar is supposedly leaving wrestling to come back to the UFC again, which obviously Dana White would gladly take him because he's a rating superstar. Well, you also have Shamrock and Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, but but I mean it's even more now. Yeah. Uh what do you think of this this world where people are bouncing back and forth from uh, both sports? Do you think this is something that we're going to continue to see or were Brock Lesnar and Ronda just such big superstars that that's the only way it works? Well, it's not the only way it works because you've, um, like you said, you've had guys back in the 90s that have done it. Matt Riddle was on like a four-win UFC. Uh, I don't know if it was UFC or if he was in Bellator or whatever, but he, he was a four-match winning streak and then just like get out of here. And he transferred into like indie wrestling just fine. And he's, he's getting over. He's huge. He wrestles without shoes on. He's fucking a madman. Um, he's, it's a good time. But, you know, I think we saw it. I, I didn't know that we would get to the point where we are now, where we have like legitimate MMA superstars coming in and becoming um, legitimate WWE superstars. Brock Lesnar, you know, has, came into the the UFC as a as a WWE mainstay, and he's come back into WWE as a UFC mainstay. Um, the same thing with Ronda. Ronda, I mean, not the same thing, but Ronda came into the WWE with this huge UFC following, the huge MMA following, and even like people outside of MMA know the name of Ronda Rousey. So, I mean, to answer the question, I 
I didn't see it getting to where it got, but I definitely saw the crossover appeal of it. Now, now Cody, our co-host, he's he's in the UFC, and I, I've already told him after he goes conquers the UFC, we're going to get him into pro wrestling because I think pro wrestling pays pretty great. I, I have to imagine. Can you estimate what you think Ronda got to 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 make this transition? Because it, WWE has pursued her for a while. What, do you have any idea? They're a uh, publicly traded company. Is there a way to find out? What Ronda got paid to be uh, WWE star now? Um, that stuff, if it's ever released, probably won't be released until maybe sometime next year. And the full deal of that would probably include like her merch stuff, um, payoffs for big nights. So to, for me, honestly, to give a rough estimate, I would say probably middle to upper six figures. With, with the options, not options, but with the, the benefits of, um, merch sales and, you know, big night payoffs. And so, so basically you're, you're saying that, uh, not a million. I, I would have thought for sure she got a million to come over to WWE, but you don't think it was that much? Guaranteed. I'm, I'm, be, I'm being conservative just because I think you're going to see her you know, sell a lot of merch, and I think she's going to get some of those, you know, she's going to obviously be at WrestleMania. She'll probably hit the big four next year. So, I mean, there's there's good payoffs from that. Well, we're holding Cody out for a couple million. So, like, when he's, <laughs> after he's dominated the UFC, and then I don't know if you know, I'm going to be his manager that has, like, stuff it's hidden. It's going to take a million bucks to put me in a Speedo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to be his manager that has shit hidden under the ring, and I'm going to help him win when people are unsavory with, like, illegal I've objects been, and shit. I've been a, a wrestling manager before. That's true. Yeah, for ICP's uh, independent thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, a long time ago. Jimmy's got quite the track record there. <laughs> uh, so let's talk a little bit wrestling that doesn't involve the UFC really quick. Um, or actually, I do got one more Brock Lesnar question for you. Um, Brock Lesnar was allowed to leave his contract to fight UFC. Um, do you think UFC, Vince McMahon and Dana White, they, they do have an open line communication, almost like a bat phone that uh, – if Brock was to come back to UFC, do you, do you think he's done with wrestling? Or do you think that he'll come back to UFC and then come back to WWE again? Um, as long as Brock Lesnar is going to be a draw either in the UFC or in WWE, Vince is going to want him at one of those places. Um, I think that's pretty obvious. Vince knows that if he can make money off of somebody, he's going to keep an open line of contact with him um so yeah i could definitely see brock lesnar coming back to wwe after you know a year two years in uh in ufc or whatever he does or even if it's just another if it's just a one match he takes eight months off he comes back big pop in a wwe arena you know he could do whatever he wants now uh last time though brock did get uh punished uh for cheating uh, in 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 UFC, uh, steroids. Uh, I, you as a wrestling fan, do you think he's taking steroids currently? And and do you think that's fair to the UFC fighters that might get lined up with him? See, this is a. 
I'll say this. Whatever he's taking now might not be showing up on tests if he is taking tests. That's always been a question thing with Brock because of his Because uh, people don't look like him at all. Yeah. No, people don't look like him. And, you know, at least back in the day, people didn't move like him when they looked like him. So, um, no, that's... that's because... I'm going to say that he's on... Whatever he is taking, if he is taking tests, is not showing up on, on whatever test WWE is giving him. Um, but WWE to me seems like it would be a very relaxed test. Just, I, it, it seems like it would be, and I know Vince McMahon has cracked down on it because steroids, uh, in the, in the past, maybe Randy Macho Man Savage, maybe his heart attack at a young age is steroid related. I know they've cracked down on it, but as Cody has pointed out to us, the UFC, they, they can pop up anytime they want. Not uh, uh, not necessarily the UFC. I'm thinking the US. Uh, what am I thinking? USADA. Yeah, USADA. Um, why should Brock Lesnar be allowed to not have that, but then jump back into the UFC? Do you, I, do you can you think of a reason or? I'm, ask, I'm asking a tough question, Jacob. It's, today. it's a money thing. You know, yeah, it's, it's definitely a money thing. Maybe Dana White throwing money at somebody. Maybe Vince is throwing at money at somebody just so that he can appear on both of these things. You know, so he can go pop a big number at a UFC event, come back to WWE, pop another big number. You know, it's at the end of the day, these are two businesses, and they're both looking to make money. I hate Brock Lesnar. What's your thoughts on Brock Lesnar? <laughs> um. I'm ready to take a break from him in the WWE. There you, go. you know, you guys can you guys can have him back for a little bit. No, no, we don't want his Jimmy John shorts back and stuff. We, we <laughs> I, I, there, there, there's a new breed of talent there that in the UFC. I, I really don't want to see Brock Lesnar ever fight UFC again. I understand why you would do it, uh, but when he <laughs> when he when he tested last time, I, I think that you know it's not fair to the athletes that that do it right. Uh, no, it, it really it is. Uh, Rhonda is kind of using some of the Rowdy Piper, uh, the logo. Uh, got to borrow the jacket from uh, Piper's son. Um, do you think they should have made her own identity, or do you like that she's piggybacking off of uh, Piper? Obviously, she asked oh, if she could use the nickname. The Rowdy Rhonda yeah, motif. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, it makes for a good presentation. It really does. Um the fact that she had Roddy's blessing kind of just takes it out of any consideration for me. Like, if, if she hadn't have done that and the WWE was like, yeah, we'll just push her as, as Rowdy Ronda Rousey and that'll be that and we'll do all this stuff and yada, yada, yada. You know, that would be one thing I, I could see, like, having to say in that and getting upset about that. But pushing her as, you know, Rowdy Ronda Rousey, giving her the logo, giving her all that, it's, it is a throwback, but at the same time, she has such a name. She has, you know, she was in the Expendable 3. You know, she has the whole UFC credibility that it doesn't hurt her in any way to have this. Uh, you know? No, I, I, I totally agree. What did you think overall of the Royal Rumble? What, what, what would you have ranked it? I asked your co-host Josh, and he thought it was great. 
uh, compared to other Royal Rumbles in the past. Where, where do you think this ranks? Um, are we talking the men's Royal Rumble, women's? I assume you I'm talking the whole Rumble. presentation. Uh, the men's um, went before the women's. Uh, then I then I kind of knew that something was up because I, I thought the women would definitely go before the men. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what did you think of uh, from start to finish? From start to finish, both Rumble matches were really good. I really enjoyed both of them. And I, it, it's funny, I came back into wrestling in 2015 with the Royal Rumble in Philadelphia, and I really enjoyed that. Didn't quite understand why uh, people were blowing Roman Reigns out of the arena, but that's what it was. I came back this year and um, back to Philly again, and it was it was like coming back into wrestling again. You know, it was like that same moment in 2015 where it's just like, okay, this is this is fun. You know, this is why I came back. It's it's always like an exciting match to see, and I think this one really brought what the, the last couple of years have been missing. So it was it was really good. And the women's match was really cool to see a lot of um, these transitional women from like the Trish era, well, the Trish Stratus era, Molly Holly, all these women that kind of helped build towards the women's evolution that we're in now, coming back and seeing them in you know, historic match. I think it's really cool, and it was a it was a fun presentation, especially throwing out a couple of workers like Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks in there just to start things off and, and make sure you have a good, healthy uh, start to the match. Was smart. So overall, really cool, and I'm excited to see Rey Mysterio back. Uh, another UFC fighter. I I really do think this is going to happen. Uh, I think John Bon. Uh, sorry, not John Bon Jovi. John uh, Bones Jones will eventually end up there. I really, I really think he will become a UFC fighter. Uh, just because he can't keep stuff going correctly with the UFC. You mean WWE wrestler? Yeah, I think he'll yeah. become a WWE yeah. wrestler. You said I think he'll become a UFC fighter. No, he was a yeah. UFC fighter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. think he'll ever be a UFC fighter again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, so I, I do have two uh, things to close with here. Really quickly, Forbes uh, had an article today, and this is uh, great because we are talking to you today. Forbes is a big, huge business magazine. But it said the UFC should steal these three things from WWE. I wanted to hear what Cody would think about the three things they thought. And then um, uh, if you would agree also, Jacob, uh, they say that the gems or the promotion needs a paid hype man, almost like a, a manager. Do you think uh, the UFC should have gyms that have like paid paid hype people to speak for the athletes? I could see where that would be beneficial. That's kind of something that uh, a lot of boxers did, you know, in the eighties and nineties. Uh, but I don't know. I really don't know. All right. Uh, the number two here, Jacob and uh, Cody. Uh, this one. If you remember correctly, and I'm not sure, Jacob, if you uh, ever followed UFC, but UFC used to have theatrical entrances. They used to have a a platform to walk down, but they think the theatrical entrances should come back. Uh, Jacob, those are some of the coolest things about the UFC, the way they come out. Or not the UFC, the WWE and how the fans react. So I know you're a fan of them. Cody, would you want a theatrical entrance? Absolutely. I uh, 
when I was in Japan uh, with Darren at at Ryzen, formerly Pride, uh, they have that that WWE feel in their entrances, and it really it really is like bone chilling to watch those. So I think it'd be really cool for them to bring that back. Uh, the last thing that Forbes uh, d- does mention, and I totally agree on this, and 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 take it with a grain of salt here, and I'll explain it. It says that the WWE and the other wrestling promotions do their best to keep their dramatic announcements and plot twists a secret until the big reveal takes place. Where the UFC, uh, there's so many bloggers in the UFC that speculate what happened. Sometimes Dana White and the UFC are not even able to announce a fight before somebody gets a tip. I, I would like to see that a little bit more security with the UFC and how fights are announced. Uh, but they said the WWE does a great job of keeping future events private. I agree on all three of those. I want to see theatrical entrances back in the UFC. I think that would be great. Um, so my last question for you, Jacob, and uh, then you give your uh, uh, show a shout. Um, I'll turn it over to Jimmy if he has a question too. But uh, when did John Cena become booed? I was away for like a couple years, and people hate him now. What happened? Um, so the Johnson boos, I think that started maybe in 2014. I believe he was trading world championships with Randy Orton every other pay-per-view. Um, it, at, at that point in time, he was starting to get stale, but he's almost... In the past couple of years, he's definitely turned it around to where it's like, it's, it's just fun to boo John Cena. It's just fun to, to boo him. You know, everyone knows he's going to go out there and he's going to put on, you know, the match of the night. But I think it was about 2014, 2013 that he started getting booed by uh, the internet wrestling community, if you will. All right. Uh I want to bring Jimmy in here for this conversation and Cody. Uh, I, I believe that and, and Jacob chime in here. I believe that the UFC does have a unique situation here in which uh, they've grown so much that they they're asking the average consumer for a lot of money for pay-per-views. I am a subscriber to the WWE network. Uh, if you're not familiar how the WWE network is, you pay a flat fee, you get access to all the pay-per-views. Jacob, do you do you like that immediate access, and do you think that would be something that would be beneficial to the UFC? I, I mean, obviously, as a wrestling fan, with almost all of the big companies starting to, to build their own streaming services, I know New Japan does it too. Um, it, it's awesome. It's, it's really cool. I, it would be interesting to see it kind of implemented in the, the UFC, especially like getting some of those past events on you know their network so that they have that so they aren't constantly fighting like you know events being put on youtube or vimeo or wherever people are are showing that stuff but it's all a question of is it going to be more profitable for them jimmy what do you think you think the ufc will move to a network um just i mean they're asking for how many pay-per-views a year now and it's difficult I mean, I get to write it off on my taxes, and it's still difficult for me to buy all the UFCs. Yeah, I don't think so. I I don't know, because I think they can make more money by doing the the pay-per-views than they could if they just did their own network. Yeah. You know, it 
I, I think I yeah I don't think it makes I mean as long as people are buying the pay per views at such an astronomical price, I think they're going to keep doing it. I think you'll see them doing their own network when they notice their pay per view numbers are starting to plummet. Then they'll say, "Hey, we have this new network." Blah blah blah. Ask your cable provider, you know, or whatever, or you pay a a monthly fee to do, you know, whatever, and then they get, you know, they get it through their their network, their cable uh, uh, station, or whatever. But as of right now, I don't see that happening. Cody, in your gym, uh, realistically, <laughs> a fighter that's up and coming that is, is training and stuff. Uh, how many how many pay per views can they afford a year? And like, I mean, you know. Would you like to see a UFC network that one flat fee a month and it allows you access to everything UFC? No. No, I think they make way more money uh, in their pay-per-view. And they have like 80 million um, subscribers to UFC Fight Pass, which is their own streaming service. It's That's ten, what I have. It's $10 a month. Everybody pays that $10 a month. Anyone who's a, anyone who's a fight fan, everyone, everyone that's a fighter because – you know, maybe you miss maybe you miss a pay per view. No one really ever misses. It. Someone always buys it. If you're a fan, you have a party. You know what I mean? Like you you see the fights, and then you have UFC Fight Pass, and you can watch them a couple of days later on that. I think the system that they have or watching is the, you know awesome. the, the pre fighter fights, mm-hmm. and you, know, you can watch yeah, which is, the I, prelims I, are. You are, are literally <laughs> the reason that I bought UFC Fight Pass. I just want you to know. Thank that. you, thank you. <laughs> see, that's how they get their money. You know what I mean? Like a a, a, a debuter, what do yeah. they do? They put you on UFC Fight yep. Pass, and then, you know, say you have 10,000 local fans, well, yep. boom. You I know just, what I mean? I, I, just have to, I just have to make that's sure. That's 100 grand I keep, they just made. I keep forgetting to cancel it now that you're going exactly. to be fighting. Exactly. Now, yeah, now, now, now that it, you're going to be fighting on the but prime that, card. But they got you. Know? you. They yeah. got you now. You <laughs> know? Who knows how much they make on that, just on that. Jacob, uh, give a shout-out once again for your uh, show uh, at 4 p.m. on Sunday. But uh, where can people find you guys? Yeah, you can find us on the podcast Detroit app, uh, 4 p.m. on Sunday. You can find us on YouTube, um, Stitcher, I think we're still on there. Uh, wow. Um, Player FM and SoundCloud. Or you can just go to our website, topperfreview.com, and all of the episodes are right there. See, they have a website, Brad. I know. Well, you enjoyed the most wonderful time of the year because uh, I know this is like for wrestling fans all the way up to WrestleMania. This is where it's at. So enjoy. Oh, Thanks yeah, for joining us and uh, explaining a little bit of the Ronda situation. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right. That is Jacob. Uh, yeah, Cody, after you dominate the UFC, in my mind, I see you making a transition to WWE. I don't think I ever would. No, I think I'd. I my goal is to make enough money to start buying and selling houses. Okay, so it's been something I wanted to do. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I could never do. I just it doesn't appeal to me. You're just gonna throw away my dream of being a professional manager. I'm a professional wrestling hater. Oh, why didn't you get in on that then? It'd just be like I I don't know. I just didn't feel right. (laughs) Well, what's your thoughts on Brock Lesnar? I can't stand that. Just oh, I never liked him. him. Dude. I never liked him. him. I never liked him. He's a good athlete, though. Really good athlete. Yeah. I don't think he should be allowed to fight ever again. Though. He's failed so many drug tests. And then he retires and goes to the WWE and the loopholes. Yep. Whatever. 
So uh, you, you just killed my professional managing uh, <laughs> career. There. Money talks, though. Let's be honest. I don't know. He said six figures. That ain't enough to get you over there. I, I would have thought it would have been something money. crazy. That's still a lot of money. I mean, you think $600,000, that's... But for how long? I don't know. For a year, probably. It's probably not that long of a... Uh, but you might you might go Jimmy. Jimmy has been a professional manager. You got to tell us uh, last few minutes. You were a professional manager for the Insane Clown Posse. So years and years ago, the Insane Clown Posse had a local prom- wrestling professional <laughs> wrestling promotion, and a buddy of mine was one of their wrestlers. And he was he he just came up to me one day and he's like, "Hey, he's like, I got this gimmick. I have this idea that we're trying to run with." Uh, but I need a manager or whatever. He's like, you don't have to actually do anything. You just have to like walk out there with me and, you know, yell things and maybe like hand something to me, uh, you know, uh, when I need it. And I'm like, okay, that was how it was supposed to start. Right. So like the first match I went in there and, you know, I, I, the, the, the gimmick that we had was like, he was this up, uptight, rich, like, West Dearborn cake eater, like really wealthy kind of kid. And I was like his hedge fund manager, or like his lawyer. Or we didn't really say it was just I was wearing a suit and I had a briefcase and blah, blah, blah. And every time that, you know, they did something, I'm like, I'm going to sue you. I'm going to sue you. I'm going to sue you. So and then at the end of it, I handed him my briefcase and he knocked the guy out. And that was the end of it. So, of course, we were the the heels and. Uh, the next match, we do the same thing, except one of the other wrestlers decided, like, hey, let's get your manager involved, not knowing that I was not a actually trained wrestler. He, the, the other guy thought I was a trained wrestler who turn was just manager. turned manager or whatever. So he, so he pulls me into the ring, and, I mean, I, I've done stage combat, so I know how to fall. I know, like, how to do whatever. He pulls me in the ring, and he picks me up, and he suplexes me. And I'm just laying on the ground going, what just happened? So then afterwards, my buddy, who got pissed, comes up to him, and he's like, why the hell did you do? He is not a wrestler. He is just my manager. He's like, oh, man, I am so sorry. I thought he was a wrestler, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like. And I'm like, no, man, it's okay. You know, just some warning would have been nice, you know. So then that turned into the 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 guys running it. They're like, hey, can you keep doing that? So then it became a thing of every time I would try to interfere, I would get involved. They would grab me. They'd beat me up. And then that would be like the end of it. And then till like the big event or whatever, it was a tag team match, me and my buddy, versus two of the other guys or whatever. And then we ended up getting decimated and we were off. And then the one last thing with him firing me, me hitting him upside the head and walking off. And that was like the end of it. So, yeah. Is there a video of this? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. I want to see the video. There was no, I mean, there may be if somebody can find like old, like, oh God, that would have been somebody like 97, 97, 98 footage of something but they weren't like taping them or anything that wasn't like a taped thing the only way there would be videos if somebody in the audience had a video camera all right well we're gonna wrap it up we're gonna recap what happens on friday good luck to uh scorpion fighting systems uh taylor and good luck to uh derek from uh michigan top team uh cody will uh give his unique perspective on what happened we'll talk more on the hand combat we'll see you everybody next week take care